One size fits all seemed like a good idea for clothes. Nice dress. Uh, it's a it's a T-shirt. Until you tried it on. Same goes for your health care. That's why United Healthcare offers a variety of flexible, budget-friendly coverage for medical, vision, dental, and more. So whether you're between jobs, coming off a parent's plan, or even missed open enrollment, you can find the plan that fits you best. Find out more about United Healthcare coverage at uh1.com. That's uh1.com. Hold up. What was that? Boring. No flavor. That was as bad as those leftovers you ate all week. Kiki Palmer here, and it's time to say hello to something fresh and guilt-free. Hello Fresh. Jazz up dinner with pecan-crusted chicken or garlic butter shrimp scampi. Now that's music to my mouth. Hello Fresh. Let's get this dinner party started. Discover all the delicious possibilities at hellofresh.com. Quality sleep is essential. That's why the Sleep Number Smart Bed is designed for your ever-evolving sleep needs. Need a bed that's firmer or softer on either side? Helps you sleep at a comfortable temperature? Sleep Number smart beds let you individualize your comfort, so you sleep better together. J.D. Power ranks Sleep Number number one in customer satisfaction with mattresses purchased in-store. And now, save 50% on the Sleep Number limited edition smart bed for a limited time. For J.D. Power 2023 award information, visit jdpower.com awards. Only at a Sleep Number store or sleepnumber.com. Cool fact, a crocodile can't stick out its tongue. Also, you can get health insurance for a month or just under a year in some states. United Healthcare short-term insurance plans, underwritten by Golden Rule Insurance Company, offer flexible, budget-friendly coverage for you. Learn more at uh1.com. Hiring for your small business? If you're not looking for professionals on LinkedIn, you're looking in the wrong place. That's like looking for your car keys in a fish tank. LinkedIn helps you hire professionals you can't find anywhere else, even those who aren't actively searching for a new job but might be open to the perfect role. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't even visit other leading job sites. So start looking in the right place. With LinkedIn, you can hire professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com slash achieve today. This is Paige, the co-host of Giggly Squad, and I want to tell you about a company that I've been loving, Olive and June. Olive and June gives you everything that you need for a salon quality manicure in one box. And if you break it down, it really comes out to $2 a manicure, which is absolutely insane. It's also so easy to get salon-worthy nails at home with Olive and June. The difference between how your nails used to look when you did them yourself and now with the Manny system is a complete game changer. The best thing about Olive and June too is it's a quick dry. Dries in about one minute, lasts for five days, and full coverage in up to one to two coats. Visit oliveandjune.com slash perfectmanny20 for 20% off your first system. That's oliveandjune.com slash perfectmanny20 for 20% off your first system. The following is a presentation of the Four Center podcast feed. Hello and welcome to Star Wars Counseling on the Four Center podcast feed, the show that believes absolutely every part of Star Wars is great. From a certain point of view, I am your host. My name is Joseph Scrimshaw. With me, as almost always, is my special always guest, a small sip of whiskey, afternoon whiskey, as I'm recording. It is afternoon, and here is what my special guest sounds like. 
tastes like the afternoon. Anyway, if you are new to Star Wars counseling, here's the deal. I ask listeners to send me in Star Wars grievances, things about Star Wars that bug them, big or small, and then I do my very best to try to make people feel better about it by sharing some opinions, looking at it from different points of view, and just generally encouraging us all to move toward the light side of the Force. The Force of thinking about Star Wars all the time as I do. I have a great grievance this week. It's a big, meaty, juicy one, and it is sent to us uh, on Facebook by Lee Knight. Here is what Lee has to say. Joseph, I think I need some counseling on something I just can't shake off. I totally welcome Star Wars going off in new and unexpected directions. It's exciting and long may it continue, however. I really believe Lucasfilm had a once-in-a-lifetime opportunity that all Star Wars fans hoped but never really believed would happen. This was seeing Luke, Leia, and Han back together again. Not only was time running out as the actors got older, but would they ever actually agree to doing it? So when they said yes, we all felt the excitement of seeing the chemistry again even just once. Imagine... If the Beatles offered to get back together for one more show after 30 years, when it looked like it would never happen, would you say, it's okay guys, but can Paul and John just do a couple of solo sets with Ringo on drums and maybe an appearance by George? Oh, and no Beatles songs, only sing new ones, and we'll get this great new act to sing one of the old classics. That would be insane, right? And the fans would go nuts. I kind of feel this is what has happened with the new movies and why there was so much of a backlash. This is obviously with a large dose of hindsight, but if they had just given us that moment of seeing them back together again, taking on the First Order alongside our new heroes before they bowed out, imagine how much more powerful the death of Han and Luke would have been, rather than and just seeing them for a short time before ending their story. I guess the short version is I can't help feeling there was an amazing opportunity missed. All of that, that detailed, thoughtful grievance from Lee Knight. Lee, thank you for sending in this grievance. First off, I want to say Lee brings up that this might be a possible reason for the backlash. And I would say from my perspective, uh, I talk to people about Star Wars all the time. It has gotten to be, uh, I love it. It is a huge part of my life, not only doing the podcast uh, where we get many grievances sent in, and I also just talk to people in person, just casually, or at uh, meetings for different gigs here in Hollywood. It often comes up, what do you do? And I say, I host a Star Wars podcast, and I see a look of very seriousness, uh, a very serious look come over people's faces, and then they say, do you like the new ones? And it is always this moment of, I'm, I'm, of course, going to say yes, because I, I do like them with some caveats and some flaws uh, that I think they have. And when I say yes, there's either a moment of relief from that person where like, ooh, I like them too. Or there's a moment where somebody goes, hmm, well, let me tell you my problem. And the reason I say all this is to say I don't think there's any one reason for any backlash against uh, the new movies. Now, there might be opinions that different pockets of people hold strongly. That's totally understandable. Uh, but I I hear so many different reasons, different concerns. And it's just one of the things that reminds me that Star Wars is this massive thing that so many people love. But we all love it from different perspectives for different reasons. And we all get mad at it for different reasons and different perspectives. So I agree 
that this is a major grievance, but I just wanted to point out my perspective on the idea of uh, how much backlash is this generating. It's definitely a thing that, that generates backlash from some fans, but almost everything generates backlash from somewhere. Let's get into this specific grievance, though, because it's so juicy, so interesting, so heartfelt. I understand where you're coming from, Lee. I would have loved, loved to see Luke and Han together one more time in particular. It is some of my favorite dialogue in all of Star Wars in Return of the Jedi. Han, Luke, together again. How we doing? Same as always. That bad, huh? That is so delightful. That is Han and Luke's chemistry. I think it is one of the most powerful parts of the original trilogy. It's something I thought about a lot when I was growing up. It's how long Luke and Han have been apart, how meaningful that separation is, and how much they have changed. Luke, a Jedi Knight, he can barely take care of himself, and I, I related to Luke. I always saw Han as kind of my older brother who, uh, who looked out for me and took care of me, but also doubted that I could take care of myself. And I so saw myself in Luke of, like, give me just a few months. I could become a Jedi Knight, and won't Han be surprised and proud? It is a powerful idea. Those moments of Luke and Han coming together and seeing what's happened, how they've changed, because it's a reminder that time changes you. And I think that's a lot of what is going on in the sequel trilogy and why, ultimately, we didn't see the big three back together again. Time has changed them up to a point. More on that in a moment. So uh, I would like to start my actual counseling by saying I think if this is something that bothers you, you could really try to just focus on being thankful for what we did get. We did not get to see the big three back together again, but we did get some nice, juicy interactions and scenes between Han and Leia. We got a beautiful scene between Luke and Leia and a bonus force connection in The Last Jedi. Uh, Han and Luke, I think, both have meaningful, meaty, substantive arcs. They show us the risk that time and sadness and age can wear on us. It can risk defeating us. But both Han and Luke rise above these challenges. They are emotionally, triumphantly come back from their malaise, from their disappointment in uh, the fall of Ben Solo. Their fighting spirit is reignited. We get to see our heroes be challenged and do what heroes do. Not just flawlessly, constantly be heroes, but rather face their deepest, darkest challenges, and defeat them. And I think it's great that not only do we get to see some of them together, but we get to see them really, truly have arcs. Now, of course, Leia, we could have gotten more. We, we would love to have had even more. But again, we can concentrate on what we do have. We got to see her lead a new generation in the ongoing battle between good and evil, between democracy and dictatorships. We get to see her be, unlike Luke and Han, the one who never quits, the one who never falters, never gives up. She is always there. She is always doing her duty. Even if she has to defy the government that she helped build, she is going to say, no, the First Order is a risk. 
and I am going to go back to my roots. I am going to found a rebellion. We get to see Leia use the Force. And I know I know some people don't like the way she used the Force, and I can uh, recommend you. This is a little asterisk. It says, uh, go check out the episode of Star Wars Counseling I did about that. Just from that perspective of an older generation fan who gets to see Han, Leia, and Luke on the screen again, we get to see Leia use the Force. And uh, so I guess the point is to, to celebrate all of the great things that you would blow your mind if you were told in 1983, if you were alive and cognizant then, and you were told in 1983, don't worry, decades from now, your heroes will return. You'll get to see this and this and this and be uh, grateful for those things and save some of that gratefulness because it's not over yet. Who knows what more we will get? What will happen in Episode 9 with some of our classic heroes? Will Lando talk to Luke's Force Ghost? Will there be a surprise flashback showing Han and Luke together? Will Luke be so powerful as to find Han's individual identity within the Cosmic Force? Probably not, but it's fun to think about. And of course, we have this recent great news that there is unused footage of Carrie Fisher as Princess and General Leia, and we are going to get to see that. Who knows what more triumphant, heartwarming, funny, inspiring moments we are going to get from Leia. Who knows what more connection, what more interaction between Luke and in a strange mm, guessing, but probably not happening, maybe even Han, probably not, but you never know, at least until December 2019. So every time that I feel this pang, and uh, believe me, I do feel the pang particularly of not seeing Luke and Han together, I try to be counter it by being thankful for what I did get to see. In my opinion, it's stuff that's emotional, it's mature, it's honest to the character's change and growth, just like it was honest for a Han to think it was absurd that Luke could take care of himself, much less rescue anyone, and then Han gets to see, well, kind of, because his vision wasn't fully restored, he gets to see Luke come back, save all of them, and be a Jedi Knight, just like that passage of time was important in the original trilogy, that passage of time is important in the sequel trilogy. We get to see these characters change and grow, but triumphantly, they celebrate who these characters are. They're not just action heroes who go out and kick ass. They are icons. They are myths and legends, but they are human. They are legends who bleed, and we get to see that. And speaking of legends, let's talk about the Beatles. I think that was a great, fascinating uh, comparison about what if the Beatles got back together. Uh, First of all, I'm very, very happy for whatever uh, necromancy allowed uh, the Beatles who have passed to rise from the grave. That would be great. I would be all on board for that. I was a big Beatles fan growing up. I got glasses in eighth grade to specifically try to look like John Lennon. I grew my hair out and everything. I told people that my favorite Beatles song was Revolution Number no. 9, just to be an iconoclast, and uh, I would quote it at school. I didn't make a lot of friends that way, but it's honest, I did that. So of course, of course, I would love to see the Beatles back together. But even then, for me, there would be this tension between seeing them all together, playing the great old hits, and the new ones. 
in a way, I have got to experience this. Uh, growing up, I was a big fan of Guns N' Roses. I was in general a sensitive, artsy kid, but I had a lot of anger. And boy, did listening to Guns N' Roses help me work that out. And also, you can slow dance to patience at your dances. Anyway, uh, Guns N' Roses, of course, did reunite, at least Axel and Slash and Duff. The big three, the Luke, Han, and Leia of Guns N' Roses reunited. And, of course, uh, for years, Axel and Slash had said no. No, the tour, of course, is called the... I keep saying of course, as though everyone follows Guns N' Roses religiously. Maybe you don't. Uh, Their tour is called, that they've been doing for the last two and a half years, the Not In This Lifetime Tour, because it could never happen. But uh, I've got to see the show twice. In my youth, I never got to see Axel and Slash and Duff together in their prime. So I've gone twice, and it is great. Partially because it's nostalgia. It's something I never got to see as a kid, but also I'm hearing those old songs, and it is nostalgia because I get to relive that part of my life where these songs were so important to me, and it's bittersweet, honestly. I'm thrilled. I'm thrilled to hear them do Night Train together like I never got to when I was a kid or uh, as I did get to listen to uh, the cassette a thousand times of Axel and Slash doing Night Train together. But then when I'm seeing it live, I'm happy, very, very happy to see them do the old hits. But I'm also longing to hear them put out new music. I am almost more fascinated by some of the new stuff that they do. They do a cover of The Seeker uh, by The Who. Uh, Slash plays on some of the songs that Axel wrote himself that Slash was not a part of and puts his Slash stamp on those new songs. I like to watch to see how has their relationship changed. Yeah, they're doing the tour together, but is it just for money? Or are there little moments in concert where you can see Axel and Slash actually connect and have a human moment. And I realize, as I'm watching this, that I'm here for the nostalgia. I'm here for the rekindling of the joy of the past. But I'm also fascinated to see what is new. How has time changed them? And is there anything in this experience that is brand shining new? I can't believe my life that I get to do a podcast where I can sit here and talk about the intersection between the return of Axl Rose and Luke Skywalker. But here we are. Thank you for being here with me. The point of all of this uh, going on about Guns N' Roses and the uh, Beatles analogy is that I think Star Wars is a balance of the old and new. I say that all the time. I think it always has been. The whole thing starts with a long time ago in a galaxy far, far away. In 1977, Star Wars blew people's minds because they sensed these deep, mythic, traditional stories, but it looked so shocking and new. Aliens like you'd never seen them before. Special effects like you'd never seen them before, but these amazing special effects were of battered old ships. It kind of just goes on and on about how much the old and the new are married to one another in Star Wars. But interestingly, I think that's something that's always just kind of been there in the past. In the uh, the original trilogy, I think even in the prequel trilogy, there is a sense of the, the generational, there's a sense of the old meeting the new. 
but I think the sequel trilogy is unique and special because this contrast in this meeting of the old and new, I think that's what the sequel trilogy is actually about. It's not something that's running in the background. It's not a motif. I think it's the plot. I think it's the point. So to me, in handling our older characters, our our beloved classic heroes, how do you tell this story with two generations that is about the generational change? And specifically, to Lee's point, how do you tell that tale in a way that respects our original heroes, maybe would have given them more scenes together while still making it a tale of the older generation passing the torch to the younger generation. Well, here is one option. We're going to just think through how could this have been different? How could we have seen more of our classic heroes together? One option is thinking about where do you start this story? Now, the whole story of the sequel trilogy could have started before Ben Solo fell and became Kylo Ren. It could have started with the New Republic just learning about the First Order. It could have started where Luke was still running his Jedi Temple. It could have started when Han and Leia were still together, but then it all falls apart. Now, if you start the story that far back, you have to ask, what is lost in comparison to what we got? First, it changes the focus of the trilogy being about passing the torch. Uh, Because I think what the sequel trilogy is about is not just passing the torch. It's also about our younger characters being trapped in the shadow of the older generation. It's about living in a galaxy that is traumatized from a cycle of wars and violence and fallen Skywalkers. Actual, literal fallen walkers, and then skywalkers who have fallen to the dark side. So many fallen walkers. And now all of our younger characters are affected by what has happened to the older generation, what has happened to the galaxy under the control of previous generations. Kylo wants out of the shadow of our original heroes. He feels that he can never be good enough for them, so he wants to escape their shadow. Rey wants mentorship from them. She wants to find her place. She wants a sense of belonging from all of our older characters. Rey literally grows up surrounded by the damage of their past wars. She is in a graveyard of the past. She survives by desperately scavenging bits of our older hero's past. It's literal. Finn is also trapped within the First Order, and the First Order isn't a random thing. It is a group that is emulating the Empire, that is taking what came before and trying to improve upon it, and Finn is almost literally brainwashed since he was a child to be a part of this shadow of the past. Poe on the other side, is a child of the Rebellion. He is a part of the Victory Generation, the Star Wars baby boom, I guess, that is a a celebratory of what the Rebellion accomplished. He's probably growing up hearing all of these exciting tales of the Rebellion. He's got kind of rose-colored glasses about it all. He is happily following in his parents' cockpits, as it were, and he is also sort of trapped by what has come before because it's a part of his parents' legacy 
And I think a part of The Last Jedi is not just him learning these ambiguous lessons about when to fight uh, to defeat the enemy and when to fight just to survive, but he is really, really viscerally being reminded that it's not just rosy tales of uh, victory and defiance, but that it is a real cost to war. And that is something that our older generation knows. It's something that our older generation is dealing with in the sequel trilogy. And that's what Leia is trying to teach Poe, is that there's so much more to think about than each individual mission. So I think the sequel trilogy is a lot about the younger generation coming to terms with what the older generation has left them. And I would argue this is a hard story to tell if you start with Luke, Han, Leia together and in decent fighting shape. It's the same reason, explicitly said by George Lucas, of why Obi-Wan dies in A New Hope, why he sacrifices himself and becomes one with the Force, because otherwise, why isn't he flying against the Death Star? Why isn't Luke back on the base? Can you imagine that great scene in A New Hope where Obi-Wan is still alive in the briefing room and Luke is like, I could do that, and Obi-Wan is like, don't worry about it. There's only one ship. I'll take it. You don't want that. You want to see the passing of the torch to the new generation. I think, in my opinion, our older classic heroes, they have to be shaken up. They have to be disrupted. They have to be split up in order to pass on what they have learned to the new generation. Now, here's a big caveat for me. I know some people might be listening and going, hey, yeah, that trilogy that starts with our heroes together, and then we get to see them fall apart. We get to see Ben's fall. We get to understand more about Snoke. I can hear a lot of people saying, yes, I, I, I would have liked that. And I'm right there with you in some ways. I want to hear that story eventually. I want to hear about Luke's temple. I want to hear about the first appearance of the First Order. I want to see where Snoke first first pops up and goes, hi, I'm Snoke. I know I seem really evil and dark side energy is just radiating off me and my terrible scarred face in my uh, very uh, gratuitous golden robe, but don't worry about me. I want to see Ben Solo become Kylo Ren. I want to see Han, Luke, and Leia out on some wild adventure together when they're all in their 40s. I want all of that in some way. But for the return of the franchise, for my money, and I've spent a lot of actual money on this new franchise, I think it would have been too repetitive to start with that story. It would have been too much of the old without enough of the new. We have seen the story of the fall of a Skywalker. We have seen the story of a Republic crumbling. So it wouldn't have been that original. And based on the writing advice of many great writers, it wouldn't have started in the part of the story that is new. There are many writers who give you the advice of look at your story and then start as far into the story as possible. And I think that was the daring, risky, maybe even slightly flawed choice that was made by The Force Awakens is let's start as far into the story as possible. Let's start when the Skywalker has already fallen. Let's start when our heroes, our old classic heroes, are already shattered and trying to put the pieces back together. This is the part of the story that in Star Wars we haven't focused on before. This is basically, the sequel trilogy is basically like if you imagine the original trilogy and the original trilogy is about Luke and Han and Leia, but it's also 
about Obi-Wan. It's also about Yoda. It is also even more about Vader and Palpatine. Each movie, we need to spend time with those characters. We need to get into their internal life. In the classic trilogy, we see the older generation helping the younger generation, or in Vader's case, trying to kill the younger generation or turn them to the dark side. Uh, But the focus is always on the perspective of the younger generation, and the older generation are just a little in the background. We don't spend time in their sort of internal life. Uh, Obi-Wan and Yoda don't go through uh, a lot of growth. They do go through a little bit of growth, but again, that focus isn't on it. Of course, Vader does go through some growth, but not with that focus. Uh, A New Hope doesn't begin with really catching up with how Vader feels about things. He's just there being the bad guy, doing the bad guy things. And I bring that all up to just point out what is new and exciting about the sequel trilogy in that it is a decision to make it not just about the younger generation, not just about the older generation, but truly making it a tale of both generations, which by default means that maybe you don't get to spend uh, this exact kind of time that you want to with the older generation in order to tell that story. But imagining continuing to imagine that there was some way to see the big three together a little bit more. Here is another option. One size fits all seemed like a good idea for clothes. Nice dress. Uh, it's a it's a T-shirt. Until you tried it on. Same goes for your health care. That's why United Healthcare offers a variety of flexible, budget-friendly coverage for medical, vision, dental, and more. So whether you're between jobs, coming off a parent's plan, or even missed open enrollment, you can find the plan that fits you best. Find out more about United Healthcare coverage at uh1.com. That's uh1.com. Hey, I'm Ryan Reynolds. At Mint Mobile, we like to do the opposite of what Big Wireless does. They charge you a lot. We charge you a little. So naturally, when they announced they'd be raising their prices due to inflation, we decided to deflate our prices due to not hating you. That's right. We're cutting the price of Mint Unlimited from $30 a month to just $15 a month. Give it a try at mintmobile.com slash switch. $45 up front for three months plus taxes and fees. Promote for new customers for limited time. Unlimited more than 40 gigabytes per month slows. Full terms at mintmobile.com. Quality sleep is essential. That's why the Sleep Number Smart Bed is designed for your ever-evolving sleep needs. Need a bed that's firmer or softer on either side? Helps you sleep at a comfortable temperature? Sleep Number Smart Beds let you individualize your comfort, so you sleep better together. J.D. Power ranks Sleep Number number one in customer satisfaction with mattresses purchased in-store. And now, save 50% on the Sleep Number Limited Edition Smart Bed for a limited time. For J.D. Power 2023 award information, visit jdpower.com awards. Only at a Sleep Number store or sleepnumber.com. Ever catch yourself eating the same flavorless dinner three days in a row? Dreaming of something better? Well, HelloFresh is your guilt-free dream come true, baby. It's me, Kiki Palmer. Let's wake up those taste buds with hot, juicy pecan-crusted chicken or garlic-butter shrimp scampi. Mm. Hello Fresh. Stop dreaming of all the delicious possibilities and dig in at HelloFresh.com. Let's get this dinner party started. Life is full of what-ifs. Some awesome, like what if AI could fold your laundry? And some, well, less awesome, like what if you have unexpected medical costs? 
United Healthcare can help get you covered with Health Protector Guard fixed indemnity insurance plans. They supplement your primary plan to help you manage out-of-pocket costs. No deductibles, no enrollment periods, and especially no more what-ifs. Visit uh1.com to find the Health Protector Guard plan for you. Hi, I'm Daniel, founder of Pretty Litter. Did you know cats tend to hide symptoms of sickness and pain? I learned this the hard way after losing my cat, Gingy. So I created Pretty Litter, a health monitoring litter that helps detect early signs of illness by changing colors, saving you money and potentially your cat's life. Pretty Litter is veterinary and developed, and it's the easiest way to keep tabs on your fur baby's health right at home. Go to prettylitter.com and use code ACAST for 20% off your first order and a free cat toy. Terms and conditions apply. See site for details. Another option is that you could have reworked the story as it exists to try to bring the main characters together in more scenes. But every time I think through how to do this, with the general framework of the story as we know it so far, what happens is you begin to minimize the connection between the older generation and the younger generation. Here are just a few examples that have been thrown out or I've thought about, and I'm sure listeners could think of plenty more uh, examples of where the older generation could have come together in the story as we know it, but here are a few thoughts. Perhaps, as Mark Hamill has described in interviews, in The Force Awakens, Luke and Leia could have returned in time. They, Luke could have returned. He could have teamed up with Leia. They could have got to Starkiller Base in time to see Han face Kylo. Mark Hamill has uh, given the interview about how much more powerful would it have been if uh, Luke and Leia were uh, up on that sort of gantry walkway uh, looking down at Han and Kylo as, uh, as they face off. Now, as soon as Luke and Leia are there, the scene is not as much about Han and Kylo. As soon as that happens, it becomes about Luke. Well, if Luke went away because he was so distraught about what happened, why did he come back? And why didn't he stop Kylo from killing Han Solo? Why isn't Leia getting down there and facing Kylo? Why aren't all three of them teaming up uh, to have a great big Ben Solo intervention on a bridge with no rails. That would have been an awesome scene. Uh, I don't mean that sarcastically. It actually would have been uh, an awesome scene. By itself. By itself, it's an awesome scene. As a fan of the classic trilogy and the original heroes, it's an awesome scene. But in my mind, it undermines Luke's arc because it doesn't give Luke's arc space to breathe. We want to know what happened to him. We want to know he left the battlefield in the galaxy for a reason and of course last jedi is all about that so if you sort of shove him in quickly at the end of the force awakens it doesn't give time for luke's story to breathe um and again if luke and leia are there it becomes much more about all of them instead of about han and kylo And I think that, to me, is really important because the way I see this trilogy, it is about the older generation's relationship with the younger generation. And by having Han there alone to face his son, that's what that scene is about. As soon as Luke or Leia is there, that's not entirely what that scene is about anymore. To me, uh, that scene is so great. It is about... Han's triumph. It is about Han not only being the one 
on Starkiller Base who says to the younger generation, to Ray and Finn, we can't leave. The galaxy is depending on us. He is the one who has the wisdom and the heart to understand that they can't leave. Think of that great Star Wars poetry. Han Solo runs away at the end of A New Hope, only to go, ah, I better help the kid. Turn around, come back, and be a savior. And this time, he knows. He's grown. He's learned. His fighting spirit has been reignited, and he knows you can't walk away. You have a responsibility to the galaxy. I have a responsibility to the galaxy. He goes back, and he plants those charges But even more than that, he helps solidify the story of the sequel trilogy in that he faces his greatest fear. His ability to be honest, open, intimate with his son, to be able to reach out to him, to not attack him with anger, shoot at him with a blaster, but to just walk up to him and tell him his son, that he wants his son to come home, that he misses his son. That is powerful. That that is the most uh, difficult thing for Han Solo to do, to let his guard down and face his son alone. Again, I'm sharing my perspective, my opinions. That scene works beautifully for me, and it wouldn't work as well if our big three were back together in that moment. Uh, Another option... What if Luke returned in time to face Kylo on Starkiller Base and that lightsaber, when it was shaking in the snow, flew into his hand instead of Rey's? Well, uh, that changes the entire sequel trilogy, right? And I still, to this day, I believe that that scene was constructed to make uh, some fans think, yes, Luke Skywalker is going to pop up. This is not the first time that we have seen that lightsaber shake in the snow. We saw that in Empire Strikes Back on Hoth right before the Wampa's very bad day. And I think it was constructed, and I think it worked for many people to have that flash of, here comes Luke Skywalker on the first viewing. And instead, of course, the lightsaber flies into Rey's hand, making this Rey's story as much as it's Luke's, Han, and Leia's story. It is literally the image of the torch being passed. If Luke had returned, if he had sent something in the Force and he had realized without us getting to see this on film that he needed to come back, that he needed to be the Jedi Master who goes in swinging, that he uh, reached out in that old lightsaber with so much baggage, so much tradition, flew into his hand instead of Ray's. That's literally an image of the older generation holding on to the torch, the lightsaber torch. And instead, we get the lightsaber flying into the hand of the new generation, of the new hero, of the hero who still has so much to learn from the older generation. So again, another popular example of where uh, maybe some of the older characters could have had more highlight or come together is another point in the story that is crucial to the younger generation. Now, uh, yet another example is what if Han had survived or what if even uh, Han had died 
after they found Luke? What if somehow you shift everything around and Han, Rey, and Chewie all find the map to where Luke Skywalker is? Han, Rey, and Chewie all go to Octo to find Luke. Now, even if Rey is there as well, as soon as Han and Luke are together on that island, the dynamic is about Han and Luke. Now, Rey could have a dynamic too, but that relationship between Luke and Rey would have been diminished. I think the big picture to me is in all of these examples, when I work through them, yeah, you could make it work, but the connection, the direct connection between the older generation and the younger generation is diminished. And I think a part of this that's uh, strong to me is the main hero's isolation from one another is important to the story. Like, I think their relationship to the younger generation is important, but also the fact that they're not together, to me, isn't just a goof or a missed opportunity. It's a part of the story. The plot of The Force Awakens is finding Luke, bringing him home. The wound of Ben Solo's fall is what split Han and Leia. If they were all together, if our big three had managed to weather this storm on screen or off screen, I don't think there would be as much of a story because I think they could have triumphed if they had stayed together. And that might have been an awesome story if it was just their story. But I love that we get to see them wrestle with their demons. And in particular, we get to see how the new generation helps them wrestle with those demons. Ray keeps turning to all of them for inspiration, for guidance, for belonging. And time after time, it's Ray who inspires them. I think Han's sense of heroism and kindness is reignited by seeing this young orphan who probably reminds him of both himself, probably reminds him a little bit of Leia and even Luke, this young, feisty, orphan fighter. Luke's hope in the tradition of the Jedi is rekindled by Rey's spirit. I still, I still uh, get the hairs on my arm standing up when Luke says to Kylo, I will not be the last Jedi. That is possible because he has made this connection with Rey. Rey has reminded him of that youthful spirit toward justice, towards hope, towards optimism, towards picking up that lightsaber and making a difference. And that is one of the greatest lines from Luke Skywalker is, you know, I have doubted the past. I have doubted the tradition of the Jedi. But what is my fist-pumping line at the end of the movie is the, uh, the bond, the generations, the connection between them, the tradition, the lineage, not maybe the direct Skywalker lineage, but the lineage of the Jedi remains. I will not be the last Jedi. Rey is a Jedi. Rey has reminded me that the Jedi should continue. And even in a smaller, subtler way, I think that Leia is inspired by Rey. I think at that final scene, or the next to last scene of The Last Jedi on the Falcon, Leia is reassured by Rey's presence that they have everything they need to build a rebellion. Rey is still doubting herself, and she is still not seeing how much she has given to Han 
and Luke and help them wrestle with their demons. And I think she's even giving something to Leia in this moment because I think Leia is saying, you are a symbol of hope. You are a Jedi. The weapon might be broken now, but you're holding a lightsaber in your hands. You are surrounded by compatriots who uh, believe in you, who know who you are. And because of you, Ray, because of Finn, this defector from the First Order, because of Poe, who is truly becoming a leader, Leia is reassured and knows that hope is still alive, that the rebellion has everything it needs because of this younger generation. Now, all of those great moments, I don't think uh, would have resonated as well to me if our big three were together, were solid. And again, we still don't even know what more we're going to get to see from Leia in Episode Nine, even if it is literally two scenes. It will be a gift that we get even a little more Leia on the big screen. Who will she interact with? How will she contribute to this idea of passing the torch or reflecting on her relationship with friends, old and new? There is still more Leia to come, and that is thrilling. So while I would have loved to see the big three have more screen time together, I personally prefer that they have substantive, complex arcs that also complement the younger generation. And what an amazing balancing act the sequel trilogy has been to give us so much time with our older generation. Yes, they're not together as much as one might have hoped or dreamed when this was this return was first announced and all three actors were coming back. It might not have been what we imagined, but it's still so much more than it could have been. I'm grateful that we got, rather than just all three of them together, uh, content and unchanged, that we got to see them struggle a little bit, that we got to have them have true storylines of their own. Uh, I would not have enjoyed it if the films were that the first film in the sequel trilogy comes out and the big three are still together. Maybe they got some problems. Maybe they got some doubts, but they're holding it together and they fight a little bit. But then at some point they just fade into the background and send the new generation off to fight. I think it is so much better that they have a story of their own as well as the younger generation. I don't think the balancing act has always been perfect in these first two movies, and we'll see where the third one goes. But I'm excited that it's not the new or the younger generation story. I think it's both. And between Lando, Luke, and Leia all having a presence, that will continue in Episode Nine. Before the confirmation of all that casting, I thought it might be that the story of the sequel trilogy is, well, by the end of The Last Jedi, uh, Han has fallen from a bridge after being stabbed and then being in the heart of what appears to be a new son. And uh, Luke has passed into the Force. Uh, Tragically, Carrie Fisher has passed in real life. And I thought maybe, maybe the story of the sequel trilogy will just be the older generation is gone and now it's just the younger generation alone. And I still think the story of Episode Nine will be the younger generation fully taking the mantle, taking responsibility for themselves and the galaxy. But with this casting, with Lando, with Luke, with Leia still there, we know that we will get not only a little more quality time with our older generation, but that this will continue to be a story that is about both the older and younger generation. Now, these are all thoughts from me, 
a person old enough to have seen the original trilogy in theaters and old enough to be excited about going to a Guns N' Roses concert twice, so take that with whatever size grain of salt you need. But in the spirit of these new films, I will also offer this counseling. Think about the children. What about the children? By making this new series a story about transition, a story that's not about the original characters' relationships with each other, but rather about the original characters' relationship with the new characters, this has offered exciting new heroes to the real-life new generations. I go to conventions and I get to see what Ray and Poe and Finn and Kylo mean to the younger generation. And I also get to see what the older heroes mean to the older fans. I am making it a point now to take a picture with every older, wise Jedi Master Luke cosplayer that I meet. I have got to see uh, couples together cosplaying older Han and Leia. There is a power in having both of these generations have a story, but in particular, see, I'm trying to talk about the younger generation, and I got distracted by celebrating the old ones as well. You see so many people cosplaying Ray, Poe, Finn, and Kylo talking about their relationship, talking about the reality that the movies reflects for them, that they have to be their own heroes. They can go to their older generations for guidance, for inspiration, for lessons of what to do and what not to do, but still they know eventually I will have to reach out and I will have to take that lightsaber and I will have to decide what is next for myself, what is next for the world. And I think uh, it is great that the sequel trilogy has made uh, these new heroes for a new generation and even for older generations. I'm inspired by Rey and uh, I am not the same age as Rey. Would that it were so. Anyway, to sum up, even though I really emotionally agree with this grievance that I wish, I wish there had been some way to spend a little bit more time with the big three together, I offer the counseling that if that bothers you, we can concentrate on being grateful for the scenes we did get with our classic heroes, the scenes we did get of not all three interacting, but uh, two-on-two interactions, and hope for the interactions yet to come. I offer the fun Star Wars headcanon game of thinking through, well, how would I change the story to focus on the old generation? How does that impact the younger generation? And having fun for yourself, putting the, that puzzle together and thinking about what that means uh, to you. How do you think that would change the story? How do you think that would in, uh, affect your enjoyment of the story? I also offer the hope that even though we won't see these stories on screen, probably, but that we will still see stories of older Luke, Han, and Leia together. I think there is no way we will not hear the story of uh, Snoke in the First Order's emergence. We will hear the story, see the story of uh, Ben Solo's fall. We will see the story of Luke, Han, and Leia in their older years. I truly believe that. We will see that in some way, somehow, someday. And yes, yes, it is not Mark Hamill. Carrie Fisher and Harrison Ford on screen together telling that story, but I do take solace in the fact that there's always more Star Wars stories to tell, and that is a story that will be told eventually. I would also throw out that we can be grateful that we did get to see 
the actual human beings, Mark Hamill, Harrison Ford, and Carrie Fisher together again as real-life humans on red carpets, panels, photo shoots to see them reflect on this absurd space movie they made in 1970s and then to have it affect their entire lives and to come back together and see all of the the wit and the uh, wisdom and the laughs and reflection that we've got to see from them on panels, photo shoots, red carpets together, I think is just a gift. So while I do agree with this grievance on some level, I'd love to have seen more. I'd love to have seen Han and Luke together again. Maybe there was a way, maybe there should have been a way to make it happen. But still, in the spirit of the wise teaching of the Jedi, because not all of the Jedi's teaching was wise, I choose to let go of anger, frustration, regret about what could have been, and simply celebrate the beauty of what is and what is to come. Always in motion is the future. And my final, final bit of counseling is, my final comment is, if you find yourself saying, hey, I really want to celebrate the original heroes of Star Wars. Hey, the younger generation heroes are great, the new heroes are great, but what about the classics? Let us not forget Chewbacca, who has been killing it in the sequel trilogy. Whether he's shooting Kylo in the gut, putting Rey in an escape pod, cooking or befriending Porgs, Chewie has been large and in charge, and I hope, I dearly hope, Episode 9 ends with a big ceremony where Chewie, and only Chewie, gets a medal. That would be a true victory for the classic heroes of Star Wars. Thanks again for that great and thoughtful grievance. Thank you for helping me to take the time to really think through it for myself. If you, dear listeners, have grievances or even just deep-dive questions into the huge world of Star Wars, let me know. Use the hashtag StarWarsCounseling. That's counseling spelled with an S. You can send them in on Facebook or Twitter, and that will help me find them if you use that hashtag. And speaking of finding things, you can find me on all the social medias at Joseph Scrimshaw. You can check out my other podcast, Obsessed, all my live comedy shows, uh, my comedy albums are all on josephscrimshaw.com. You can like Force Center and follow us on Facebook and Twitter as at Force Center Pod. And you can buy our merch at tpublic.com slash user slash Force Center. You can also support our Patreon by visiting patreon.com slash Force Center. We unlocked our commentary for The Last Jedi. We recorded it. It will be out soon, so thank you for that. And until next time, as Han Solo once said in a moment of brutal honesty, I don't know how we're going to get out of this one. That's it. Star Wars Counseling. Hold up. 
Hi, I'm Daniel, founder of Pretty Litter. Did you know cats tend to hide symptoms of sickness and pain? I learned this the hard way after losing my cat, Gingy. So I created Pretty Litter, a health monitoring litter that helps detect early signs of illness by changing colors, saving you money and potentially your cat's life. Pretty Litter is veterinary and developed, and it's the easiest way to keep tabs on your fur baby's health right at home. Go to prettylitter.com and use code ACAST for 20% off your first order and a free cat toy. Terms and conditions apply. See site for details. Ever catch yourself eating the same flavorless dinner three days in a row? Dreaming of something better? Well, HelloFresh is your guilt-free dream come true, baby. It's me, Kiki Palmer. Let's wake up those taste buds with hot, juicy pecan-crusted chicken or garlic butter shrimp scampi. Mm. Hello Fresh. Stop dreaming of all the delicious possibilities and dig in at HelloFresh.com. Let's get this dinner party started. Even when we're on a budget, we still deserve nice things. Quince is a place to scoop up stunning high-end goods for 50 to 80% less than similar brands. They have buttery soft cashmere sweater starting at $50, luxurious Italian leather bags, and so much more. Plus, Quince only works with factories that use safe, ethical, and responsible manufacturing. Get the high-end goods you'll love without the high price tag with Quince. Go to quince.com style for free shipping and 365-day returns.